This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Welcome to the latest edition of Circling the Bases on DJ Short. And with me here once again is Scott Pianowski from Yahoo. We're live on Twitch this afternoon, so thanks for joining us over there. And if you're listening in podcast form or watching later on YouTube, we're recording on Monday afternoon coming out of the first weekend of the 2023 MLB season. And Scott, I'll bring you in here. Who are you prepared to rage drop? after the first weekend anybody qualify there for you uh, if i had chris sale uh, yeah <laughs> man I'd, I'd be look i'd be looking to cash out I, I guess you probably can't drop sale but yeah the, the orioles hit them all over the yard and a lot yeah. not just hitting them but the contact was really hard and also mm-hmm. man if you want to steal something go to fenway park uh, ben A- ben affleck made a movie about a, a caper at fenway park and there were a lot of stolen bases. i think orioles stole 10 bases in the first two games obviously a big part of the opening week story but um, yep. The Red Sox, man, I, maybe their offense is going to be better than we thought. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that later, but they certainly couldn't keep Baltimore from scoring. They were they were tapping the keg at Fenway all weekend. Yeah, we'll we'll talk a bit about that series. Oh, and now the wild ending to that Saturday game where it looked like the Orioles were going to win. The ball's dropped in left field, and then Duvall uh, hits the walk off. And those lights at Fenway now too. I that's a new thing, right? Like mm-hmm. after the walk off, there's just. It looks like you're in a rave there. That was that was different. Yeah, Saturday was a really great sports day. I was camped out. You ever want to see me on a weekend in Michigan? I'm usually at the Outback in Madison Heights hanging out with my buddy Dean. They have three TVs. They pretty much let me program them before <laughs> the restaurant gets crowded. So I had the Bruins on. They beat the Penguins. Patrick for pasta. Watching some golf. Watching some baseball. And we, the Bruins had a great finish to their game. The Red Sox had a great finish to their game. And then I saw San Diego State hit a buzzer beater oh, yeah. to go to the that championship for the game tonight. So it's, um, man, it was a really fun sports weekend. Everything is in season now. You know, whether you're a basketball guy, obviously we're here to talk baseball. The Masters is coming. Uh, yeah. I, I could not be more excited. And I'll just tease this. I know we're going to talk about it. Baseball isn't hasn't magically fixed all of its problems, but I, I thought the first four days were awesome. I, I'm really excited about the season. I, I look, at, baseball has me for life. Okay, it doesn't matter what they do. That's true. I, I'm here. I'm going to be playing fantasy. I'm going to be writing about it. I'm going to be going to the park. I'm going to be watching it every day. I love the game, but I think the game is going to be better this year. I, I know it's a tiny sample, and that's the one thing we the, the small sample sign is flashing. I get it. It's April third, but. I think we've seen some positive movement in a way that's going to help the game, grow the game, make it more accessible, and yet won't 
upset the people who are purists as well. I, I, I'm thrilled with what I've seen through four days, DJ. Yeah, we'll get into that right now, just to kind of recap the weekend. And yeah, these are small samples, but let's compare it to last season and the opening weekend. So last year's opening weekend had 49 games. Uh, this past weekend had 50. So that you know that's a pretty even comparison. And essentially, games are shorter by a half hour, average game. Uh, so, so last year, games were three hours and nine minutes through that first weekend. This year, it's two hours and 38 minutes. So... Yeah, 30 minutes shaved off. I'll, t I'll take that. That's a big chunk of change uh, right there. With the shifts, I think we're not necessarily seeing more power, but, you know, you see some balls, you know, sneak through the infield. So there's more base runners. So that that's a positive as well. But I think the biggest change is the stolen bases. You mentioned it with the Orioles already having 10. Uh, Jorge Mateo might be <laughs> very mixed league relevant this year. And we'll get into that in a second. But so, so, so far we have 70 stolen bases through this opening weekend, 70 stolen bases in 50 games. Last year on the opening weekend, we had 23, sto 29 stolen bases in 49 games. And I think the, the most interesting thing so far, in addition to the stolen bases, which, which is exploding, the or Orioles doing a lot of that damage, but the success rate too. So 83.3%, 70 of 84, um, stolen bases so far last year on that opening weekend uh attempted base dealers 29 of 43 which is right on that edge of whether it's worth it to steal or not 67.4 percent what do you think uh, you know based on what we've seen here so far is this sustainable does it change how you strategize fantasy wise i think it's hard to know what to expect until it actually started. So I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to make any grand uh, proclamations about how things would go, but it certainly seems like teams are going to take advantage of these new rules. Very well framed. Um, the stolen bases are the big story. And here's the thing. We got to a point in baseball where I always say that in any sport, that optimization is not always what's best for the game. You know, in the NBA now, they figured out the optimal way to play is to shoot a bunch of threes. Is, is that the most aesthetically pleasing way to play? I don't know. In baseball, one of the problems, at least I viewed it as a problem, is that the pitchers got so good that the hitters realized, well, rather than try to string together a rally and hit a couple of singles or, or steal a base or whatever, we, let's just try to hit a home run. If we strike out, so what? Because it's just these guys are fire-breathing dragons. These teams have parades of guys who throw in the mid-90s, the high-90s. It's so hard to touch these guys. I just get to hope I get lucky and maybe hit a home run. Yeah. So you had a shape of offense. Everybody was playing the same way with, with the shifting, with the approach of – and look, the three true outcomes are still going to dominate baseball, and they did dominate baseball through the first four days. That's not yeah. going away. And, and I realize that to some people is still a bug, not a feature. So we can get to that later. But with the stolen bases, this is where we were – the last few years, teams were realizing with the success rate you mentioned, it got so low. The teams finally realized, well, a lot of teams anyway, it's like it's not worth it to steal. You don't gain that much. We're probably not going to hit a single anyway. So you might as well stay on first base because you don't make it enough to make it worthwhile. What's happened through four days is the success rate has gone up so high that it's worth it to steal now and people are doing it. And I, I think that's exciting. I mean, I, do I want every team to play like the 1985 St. Louis Cardinals? No. <laughs> but what I would like to see. What I think is interesting, DJ, and one of the great things about baseball, right, is every park is different. 
right? There was a time when it seemed like every park was the same. You know, National League, Veterans Stadium was Riverfront Stadium, was Three Rivers Stadium. You couldn't really tell them apart, those sure. Ashtray stadiums. And that trend changed in, in the mid-90s when Camden Yards came out, where they said, look, let's do all the modern architecture, but throw in old school touch to the park. And that set up a great, I guess it's been 30 years now or so, where ballparks now, they're, they're collectible. It's like, you know, how many ballparks have you been to? Have you been to this park yet? Been to that sure. park yet? And I want teams to be like that. I want hmm. the Padres to play different than the Dodgers, to play different than the Mets, to be different than the Yankees. Maybe that's, you know, maybe they can't be 30 different offensive styles. But with the stolen base making a comeback, I, I just think it's going to mean that some teams are going to be more speed driven than others. And we're going to see yeah. more diversity in offensive game planning. And that to me is fe- all, all the way feature. Now, what's the fantasy takeaway of this? There's going to be more stolen bases. You need more stolen bases to compete. So I think you want to be proactive. And there's been some guys, you know, I don't know if there's any staying power. You think of this guy, Bay, from the Pirates, who stole a couple right. of bases on opening day. For all I know, he could be out of the lineup in a week. I don't know. He, he doesn't have a track record, really. But we're going to have to try to be you – know, maybe Estuary Ruiz can get something going in Oakland. We're going to have to get – the end of the year, whoever leads your league in stolen bases or whatever is a good score in stolen bases in your Roto League is going to be a lot more than it was last year. So we're going to have to be more proactive with that. But that, to me, was the overwhelming takeaway. And also, also what, the batting average, is, I think, is 15 points higher through yes. the first, first four games. Mm-hmm. I, I think these are great things. Again, it, it's not going to change the 3 true outcome approach, and I know not everybody's in favor of that. But also, to me, it was never about the time so much as the pace, okay? I, I used to have a 50-minute commute when I was a newspaper reporter to my job, but it was a second shift job. There was never anybody on the highway. I'd relax. I'd listen to music. I, it, it flew right by. Compare that to somebody who maybe works nine to five and, and has a 50 minute commute, but it's in traffic. It's stop and go. You're at red lights. Yeah. You're getting cut off. That to me is stressful. I just want good pace. Yeah. You know, yeah. I play a round of golf. You know, I, 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 I'm not so hung up on how long it takes. I just don't want to have to wait all the time. You know, I want there to be yeah. a good pace. I thought the pace of play through four days was fantastic. I wasn't yeah. hung up on how long was that game? Was that a two hour and 25 minute game? Was that 240? I just thought the pace was right. good. I wasn't yep. flipping around as much. And, and that to me is a, is certainly a, a step in the right direction. So there were uh, 0.8 pitch clock violations per game. So a little under one per game. And I think that will become less and less for sure over time. You know, so I think in, in a little while it'll almost become, yeah, it'll pop up here and there, but uh, won't even really be noticeable. Um, after it's funny. I was, I mentioned watching the games at the bar. One guy said to me, he said, um, they they brought in a pitch clock, right? I don't see it. Where's the pitch clock? And the ESPN screen had it so unobtrusively on the screen that you didn't even really notice it unless you knew where to look for it, which I thought was great. I I wasn't hung up, but I thought the pitch clock was actually going to be a little bit distracting to me. That I'd be every pitch, I'd be like, you know, (laughs) are they going to get this pitch off in time? Is there going to be a, I I wound up forgetting about it. It, it, I thought the way it was introduced and the way it was put into the broadcast box was actually pretty seamless. Yeah. And I feel like the pitchers will, you know, get that muscle memory. They'll, they'll know like, okay, now I, now I need to throw, like they'll adjust to it over time. So uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to be as big of a deal as we thought. I think what will be the bigger deal is limiting the pickoff throws to two. We actually saw that on opening day with Ronald Acuna Jr. He realized there were two. I think he like signaled over to the first base coach to make sure. And then he was like excited because he's like, okay, now I can take a huge lead and run if I want. Um, so I think that's really cool to see. Jorge Mateo has four steals. Cedric Mullins has three. Anthony Volpe has three, one in each game so far. Mm-hmm. 
on pace for 162 stolen bases. Uh, Corbin Carroll has three. And you mentioned uh, Jiwon Bay with the Pirates has two. You know, Bay's the only one out there on, on waivers right now you could pick up. I think this is a situation where it's going to, like, rise all tides. You know what I mean? Um, but I think you're right. I think you want those guys who's like, okay, maybe he's a threat to steal 10. Like, you're going to piece it together. Chip away uh, at it. Sure, for sure. Exactly, exactly. But it's definitely going to be a fascinating uh, topic to watch as we move along here. Uh, quick word for our listeners. Every season is draft season. Get your Riddle World Draft Guide bundle today and dominate your football, baseball, and basketball drafts. Pack with profiles, rankings, projections. Order today and get all three Rotorable Draft Guides for the price of two. Uh, use promo code BARRY and you can get 20% off at checkout. So again, that promo code is BARRY. Before you know it, it'll be football training camp. So uh, definitely keep that in your mind as we move along here past fantasy yeah, Matthew Barry, by the way, would want you to know to never pay for saves. That's right. But I think this year maybe you want to. Uh, there's been some interesting stuff with saves too. Uh, Daniel Bard right now is on the injured list due to anxiety. We're not sure when he'll be back. Obviously, his his mental health is the most important. Pierce Johnson looks like maybe he's the, the guy to get in that Rockies bullpen. Based on some of the fab bids that I saw this weekend in some of my leagues, he was the popular pickup. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard. The perfecter of the patio and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. AJ Puck with the Marlins might be their closer. Uh, we'll see. Uh, he got the save on Friday, and Dylan Floro pitched the eighth, so maybe that could mean something. We'll we'll see. Um, but certainly some developments out there if you were active on waivers. This Danny weekend. Jimenez in Oakland, who yeah. I'm surprised he wasn't rostered more. Now, look, I know when you're dealing with a team like Oakland, it's like well, how many games they're going to win, right? They're they're one of those four or five teams that are at the bottom of the barrel. And as a, somebody who lives in Michigan, man, it was hard watching the Tigers. I know we'll talk a little bit about Ooh. that later. I, I thought they could have gone 18 innings against Springs and not gotten a hit. But be that as it may, six inning no hitter. But Jimenez had good stats last year. I know he wasn't 
great in spring training, but I mean, a relief pitcher in spring training only throws a handful of innings anyway. Yeah, I think he yeah. could easily be a 15 or 20 save guy. Uh, yeah. Puck's another guy. I've had better luck landing Puck than I have Jimenez. I did make some Jimenez bids, and just about <clears> all of them got beaten. The great yeah. Fred Sinky has an interesting fab strategy. I, I, it, it's more of a baseball strategy. I wouldn't do this for football, where it's maybe more important to get the guys you want. But Fred loosely translated, I'm, I'm not sure if I have it exactly right, but he says he, he bids like he wants to come in second in the bidding. That he wants to make a bid that's competitive, that can win, but he doesn't want to make such an aggressive bid that he's just willy-nilly throwing away his fab. And right. so he's pleasantly surprised if he wins. That's an interesting strategy. Now, unfortunately, that's kind of how I bid on Jimenez this week. I made mm. competitive bids, and a lot of them were like the second or third bid, which is great. You don't get the player. Now, maybe not having the Oakland quasi-closer may not be a big deal because, again, he may not have the job to himself. They're, they're not going to be a good team. But certainly, I know there used to be a – a Roto World article called Saves and Steals. I'm not sure if Brad Johnson still writes that, but those are two things. The The barrier of entry is really low. If somebody runs sure. or somebody pitches in the ninth inning, we want them in fantasy. It doesn't matter if right. they do anything else, if they're specializing. And those are the two kind of specialists of fantasy baseball. And I also want to say, be be proactive, man. Do not be one of these guys like, oh, yeah, I'll look at my team in May. you got to get right. in early. And if you're wrong, you say you pick up Bay of the Pirates and he doesn't pan out. Okay, fine. You cut him in a week or two and you get somebody else. It doesn't matter. There are going to be guys who come out of nowhere or situations. We know the closer market is so volatile. There's going to be playing time issues. going to be lineup jostling. You want to react proactively to the bottom of that roster. We always say this, but I want to bang this drum. Don't don't just say, oh, I like my team. I'm just going to sit on. It. I mean, may, maybe you drafted great. Maybe nobody's hurting your team. Maybe nobody is is in a platoon that you didn't see coming or something like that. I know most of my teams has have two or three guys that I feel like I can move already. I agree. And I want yep. you to be proactive in April with those moves. Yep, totally agree. Uh, so one of the big stories of the weekend here: Robbie Ray hitting the injured list. He gave up five runs, three of those earned with five walks over three and a third innings on Friday against the Guardians in his season debut. Uh, turns out he's dealing with a left flexor strain. Um, velocity was down, uh, started feeling some discomfort in the second inning. Ray's going to be shut down for two weeks uh, while receiving treatment. Then he'll be reevaluated. Um, then he'll need to restart a throwing program. So, you know, for Ray, I think at this point, we're talking best case scenario uh, about four to six weeks. And, this is tough for the Mariners. They do have some depth here in their rotation. I, I really like their rotation, even without Ray. But the Mariners were extremely lucky on the health front last year in their rotation. So it's definitely a loss for the Mariners. Chris Flexen will take Ray's spot in the rotation, but uh, not necessarily someone you're going to go add in the mixed leagues. But I do think, you know, especially this early in the season, uh, there's plenty of interesting names available on the waiver wire. Granted, not going to replace know, a 200 strikeout pitcher in Ray, but I still think there's some hope out there for those who drafted Ray this season. Yeah, you put an interesting list together, and I guess we're going to get into it in a second, but yep. hate to see Ray get hurt because I thought Seattle had those four. You know, I guess Castillo's essentially their number one, but I feel like they had four, like, one-two starters yep. to open the season. I thought I, I was kind of calling them a trendy pick to maybe win that division, and they certainly could win it even without Robbie Ray, but – it's at the point now we have the Yahoo friends and family draft tonight. I just won't draft Robbie Ray. I mean, yeah. he'd have to go like in the last round or something. I mean, because I just don't want to be the injury optimist with a pitcher who's out multiple weeks. And it's no fun. Right. I always say this is no fun to play fantasy baseball, like an actuary, but when right. a pitcher's out and we're talking like a, a month plus of time, I, I just, 
man, they're they're off my radar. And I hate saying that because you're Robbie Ray when healthy, he's one of Cy Young. He's gonna he's one of the, he's probably the safest bet to strike out two hundred batters anybody I could think of because he's hit the great swing and miss stuff. But to the wire, and thankfully, I, you know, starting pitching is so volatile. And this, you had no trouble coming up with like five or six guys, and I had trouble sorting through all of them because I, I found something interesting just about every pitcher you mentioned looked like a good pickup to me. So Graham Ashcraft, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, and the word is out because he's already rostered in 67% of Yahoo leagues. And certainly the performance against the Pirates on Sunday helped. Allowed one run in seven innings, six strikeouts, just one walk. He throws hard. He has this new slider grip that he uh, has uh, implemented, throwing the slider more than he did last year. So, you know, sometimes just like the one little tweak with a pitcher can get you to the next level. Ashcraft certainly one to watch. If you're in a shallower kind of league, he might still be out there perhaps. Um, so one to keep an eye on, but I think more likely we're looking at a group here. I'm going to just name them off. And you tell me, you know, who you're interested in here. Justin Steele with the Cubs had a great start against the Brewers on Saturday. Johnny Brito, uh, he was really good against the Giants on Sunday. Uh, Mike Clevenger had a bad spring and you know there were lots of other issues going on as he was being investigated but uh, he looked good against the Astros granted the Astros are not as um, fearsome as they were you know last season or with Jose Altuve in the lineup but good good outing there Mackenzie Gore pitched well against the Braves on Sunday gave up four walks but still pitched really well Seth Lugo was awesome against the Rockies on Sunday seven innings one run ball seven strikeouts no walks we know how long Lugo's wanted to start, me being a Mets fan, and something he always wanted to do. The Mets didn't give him that shot. The Padres are. So uh, Lugo only rostered in 10% of Yahoo leagues. I think it should be more. But uh, of those names I just mentioned, Scott, which which one stands out to you? I want to mention that Ashcraft would be at the top of, my, of that list. And yeah. it's interesting that his raw stuff – has never really matched his strikeout numbers. He had surprisingly low strikeout numbers last year, but as he's incorporating that slider and you just think of the raw velocity he has, I would not be surprised at all if he gets that spike of the strikeouts where we need it to be. He's the number three, really interesting top three for the Reds at the top of the rotation. Green and yep. Odola were obviously proactively drafted, but I, I think they have a really fascinating third guy in Ashcraft, and he's on a handful of my rosters. Justin Steele already has strikeouts, so that's not a problem with him. We'd like to see him get the control a little bit more in yep. line, but if he can just trim his walks even down to somewhere in the threes, man, he's a breakout waiting to happen. And, and you said everything I would have said about Seth Lugo. I mean, he's got knockout relief numbers, and you can't translate them. It's just different when you pitch an inning or two at a time versus being asked to throw 70, 80, 90 pitches. You're just not going to be as effective. It's just a, a much harder lift for the pitcher, but I've always wondered what he could do as a starter. Lugo want, wants to know, and now the Padres are going to kick the tires on that. So he's somebody I'd be interested in. And I'll give you one more deeper name. I think it was Todd Zola who said once, I, I think I have this correct, that when the ERA and whip don't match up, trust the whip. And that's how I feel about Domingo Herman. He's always had great whips, but not the best ERAs. We know the Yankees have a lot of injury problems right now in their rotation. So Herman's getting a chance to pitch. I believe he's going to pitch on Tuesday against Philadelphia. And maybe go twice this week. I, now, there's, there's no floor here. I mean, for all I know, the Phillies could throw up seven runs against Herman. But in a deeper league, I did pick him up. He's only 5% rostered in Yahoo. So if the guys were mentioning, if they're all unavailable, maybe Herman's worth a, a tire kick. Ashcraft's my first target. Then I would go Steele. Then I would go Lugo. And again, for the deeper leagues, maybe Herman could be of interest. 
So Clevenger gets the Pirates in his next start. So, oh, yeah. you know, I, I think that's one you should definitely for sure, hop on. For sure. Yeah, no, but the Pirates, I think they're going to be they're going to be a little better than, you know, we've seen them in the past couple of years. I, I actually like that lineup a decent amount, uh, but that's still a must start there with Clevenger to see if he can uh, keep this going. His velocity was up a little bit. Uh, changing he up, a, his, he was a star just a couple of years ago. Yeah, exactly. And I uh, changed up his pitch mix against for uh, a little bit for his season debut. We'll see that. I think that's uh, interesting to watch. Uh, we're going to talk more about waiver wire pickups on our Wednesday show, which will basically be waivers Wednesdays for us. Uh, so looking forward to that show. Um, have some fun stuff coming with that. Uh, all right. Before we move on here, remember, download the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. So if you were checking your Roto World app over the weekend, you probably saw a number of these standout performances. And again, it's a small sample. You know, most teams have played three or four games, so we don't want to overreact. But um, there were quite a few that that jumped out to me. Wander Franco, first off, reminded everyone why he can be a stud. Is it is he going to be a fantasy stud first round, first or second round pick? Maybe not because he's probably not going to hit thirty home runs. He's not going to steal thirty bases, but he could win a batting title. Already has three straight multi hit games to begin the season. Adam Duvall, we talked a little bit about the Red Sox and what they did over the weekend against the Orioles. Adam Duvall, 8 for 14 so far, uh, has a couple homers, a couple doubles, a triple. Duvall should probably be rostered in most leagues, don't you think? Oh, for sure. This is a guy who's got three 30 home run seasons on his resume. And here's a, you want a bar trivia question? Ask the bar who led the National League in RBIs two years ago and and (laughs) watch them flail away and not come up with Adam Duvall. It was Adam Duvall. We know Fenway is a great offensive park. It's just, just a great, great place to hit the great hitters background. And you mentioned Franco. You know, we always talk about Franco. That he's always been somebody who's been, there's been a little bit of a disconnect because maybe he was a better real life baseball prospect than a fantasy prospect because we weren't sure if the category juice would land. The fact that he's already got what a home run or two, he's still on the base. Maybe this is maybe it's just it's just not like three fifteen Franco. But maybe he can hit 25 home runs. Maybe he'll seal 10 or 15 bases. I feel like the Rays are going to be one of those teams. Like, okay, you set up a baseball world where it's easy to steal. We'll we'll do that. Yeah, they'll so, do that. <laughs> I'm encouraged. That, that's another thing I'm, I'm keeping my eye on. Is is we there are certain players we knew were going to run no matter what the rules were. What players who have been reluctant yeah. to run in the past might say Keith Hernandez has always said, look, anybody could steal 10 to 15 bases if they want to. Eugene yes. McCaffrey would say it's more about the will than the skill sometimes with stolen bases. Right. So I'm curious to see what players who ostensibly aren't running players decide, you know what, they're giving me 12 bags this year. I'm going to take them. Maybe That's Franco can do that. And, and man, this guy is a line drive machine. I I, I just mm-hmm. expect, I haven't been to his StatCast page. I Obviously, with that average, it's it's silly. But it just feels like every time Wander Franco hits the ball, it's, it's just a rocket. And granted, we'd all like to play against the Detroit Tigers because they don't have much of a baseball team right now. But it was just a laser show for Franco all weekend. So I watched, obviously, a lot of Mets Marlins over the weekend. Luis Arise, he is a fantastic hitter. The Mets could not get him out. He was 9 for 16 over the weekend. And he's not going to hit, you know, 500-foot blasts. But he gets on base, and he is incredibly pesky. What that means for fantasy, I'm not sure. But, man, he is a really, really good hitter. 
Um, and Keith Hernandez, you mentioned him, what he, you know, what he says about players who should run. Brandon Nimmo is one of those guys. Uh, I think it was on either Saturday or Sunday. Keith Hernandez was like, he could sneak his way to 20 stolen bases this season. If he sure. wanted to do it, he could do it. But, uh, Brandon Nimmo is fast. He just has never run. Maybe he does it this year. We'll see. And it's been encouraging to see Starling Marte already has two steals. Barely ran last year, was banged up. He has been thrown out once as well. But, you know, see him active again on the bases, like that's that's a really good sign, health-wise and fantasy-wise. Um, let, let me duck into Mets' comments since we're talking Mets. I did something. I generally am not the manager in a league who usually does this. But Brett Beatty is just going Godzilla in the minors mm. right now. After a really good camp, he's obviously got the pedigree. Yep. I think there's a real – he just needs um, one guy to slump or one guy to get hurt, or maybe he just is so good that the Mets are like, this is ridiculous. We need our best team on the field. We know Steve yep. Cohen is not going to mess around. Um, yep. I add, I added Beatty in a medium-sized mix. Sure. So I'm like, you know what? I don't want to arm, arm wrestle everybody for Beatty like in a week or two when he might come up, and it's obvious to everybody. So yep. if you're in a league where some of the hot prospects are added before they're actually in the majors band, Brett Beatty is just destroying everything in his path right yeah. now. I, I and, want this guy. He's going to be with the Mets this year, and I think he's ready. I, I think he, he actually could have made the team to open the season. They had reasons not to bring him up, but you're, you're going to want Brett Beatty at some point this year. So in, if the league specs are right, you might want to cut the line now. So Eduardo Escobar is uh, the third baseman right now for the Mets, the primary third baseman. He's off to a terrible start. Granted, only been four games, but he struggled for much of last year, too, before turning it on down the stretch, had a great September. But otherwise, it was a disappointing season for him. I think we could reach a point where, like, early May, if he's still struggling, we're going to see Brett Beatty. So I think that's a really good call, Scott. Uh, another name I wanted to mention here, Yuan Moncada. He's hitting four straight to begin the season already has two homers and three doubles has been, been hitting the ball really hard, which I think is significant. Granted again, it's a small sample, but he hasn't really done that over the past couple of seasons consistently. The last time he was really relevant in fantasy leagues, which I think was 2019 and looked mm -hmm. like, you know, his, his stock was very much on the rise. It's all been downhill since then. Some of that maybe COVID we thought, um, but just really hasn't, really been mixed league relevant even, but I think he's one that's out there on waivers in some leagues and worth a shot to see if maybe there's a, a bit of a resurgence here. You mentioned Jeffrey Springs. So through the six hitless innings against the Tigers, who again, pretty hapless, uh, 12 strikeouts against one walk for Springs, 13 swinging strikes and 81 pitches. Springs was a guy who had some momentum in drafts this year, but I still wonder if he's going to be, uh, you know, a great value this season. I think he probably will be. Jesus Lazardo, I saw him over the weekend against the Mets, was, I don't know if it was like adrenaline or what, but he was throwing harder than I had ever seen. I had 16 pitches north of 80, uh, north of 98 miles per hour. Sarah Langs of MLB.com said that's the second highest uh, in a game in his career. So he was pumping it. If he can keep that going, like, He's very capable of taking a step forward as well. You mentioned Brendan Donovan. We, you know, the past couple of weeks, we said why we like him, but here he is, two homers uh, after hitting just five in 126 games last year. Um, I don't know, you know, Donovan hitting leadoff for the Cardinals. You like that, obviously, but if the power is there too, uh, he could be really something. Yeah, a lot to unpack there. Donovan 
one of my most rostered players, I was in a live auction with some Michigan friends and shout out to all the guys uh, who, who made it to Howell, Michigan on Sunday. We had a blast watching, watching the Tigers just swing and miss against Springs all day. I, I, again, you know, talk about FOMO. I have no shares of Springs. That's killing me. I'm going to try yeah, tonight in the friends and family league to get them. But unfortunately, you know, you guys all have the internet and televisions too. You guys all know that Springs <laughs> is a stud, but he and he looks so effortless too. It looks like he's not even trying out there. He just gets the smooth delivery and the sweeping slider. He is so freaking good, and and I don't have any shares, and it's killing me. But um, Lazardo, okay, great raw stuff. He's got that changeup, so he can get right-handed hitters out. A little bit unlucky last year with the wins and losses. A little bit unlucky. His ERA should have been a little bit lower. I know the big thing with him has been staying healthy. And, and we say this about every pitcher, right? If I can just get 125 innings, 130 innings out of Lozada, I think they're going to be great. Yep. I, I, he's somebody I did. I actually got him in the auction on Sunday, and I was really excited to do so. I think Miami's an under-the-radar team because you think of that division, and the Braves are maybe the best roster in baseball. The Mets have all this money and all this star power. Philadelphia's been in the World Series recently. They have a bunch of star power. They went on and got Turner. They'll eventually get Harper back. And then you have the Nationals, of course, who are kind of a downtrodden team. I, I think Miami gets lost in the shuffle. There's a lot of good players there. You mentioned Pop earlier, and you know, I, I, they could be like an 85 win team, I think, if things break right. And so many pitchers that I want to draft, and I'm, I'm got to have some Lazardo shares. Donovan has the skills. We said all, all spring the skills to bat lead off. They wanted him to hit lead off. He showed power in spring training. It's hard to know what that means because a lot of times it's a, you're homered off a double-A pitcher, a triple-A pitcher, who cares? But I think he hit four home runs in spring training. He's already hit two home runs to begin the regular season, and the OBP is going to play in the leadoff slot anyway. Yep. I'm always looking. Shout out to Mike Curlin, who, who does a lot of work with batting order stuff at The Athletic, and, and it's great to Twitter follow. I know we've talked about him on the show before. They do a thing now on roster resource, which is one of my favorite go-to bookmarks on it's on fan graphs you can look at any team and they'll show a snapshot of their last seven lineups so yep. you can see you know who's in a platoon who's playing against lefties who's playing against righties it marks the handedness of the opposing pitcher i know there are other sites that have this baseball reference has it but that's something that's a page i'm going to a lot when i'm trying to make my fab I bidding like, who's playing every day right like like trace thompson had a three home run game yeah but we're gonna, gonna figure out how often is he going to play with the dodgers how often is Altman gonna play who's playing against the different handedness so uh, be very lineup sensitive. We know well, the difference between hitting first or second or eighth or ninth is, you know, 90, 100, 120 at-bats in a season. Uh, and you want to be in front of the, the better hitters on your same team. So I, I'm really excited. I, I know you, you, get, you can get carried away. When you like a player and then he has four really good days like Donovan has, you just think, oh, man, I called that right. This Brendan Donovan's going to mm -hmm. be great this year. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It's too early to, to proclaim any wins on anything. I do know this, though. Yahoo! He plays first, he plays second, he plays short, oh, yeah. he plays third. He plays the outfield. You can play a positionless fantasy roster. If somebody gets hurt, you put Donovan into the spot, and you elevate the best hitter off your bench. I love lineups that can do that. So uh, I, Brendan Donovan, big winner for me in the first four days. Yeah, I think that's why I like Donovan the, the best in, in fantasy. You can really plug him anywhere. Injuries are going to happen, so he's a nice fill-in volume at the top of the Cardinals lineup, and sometimes that's what you want. Uh, especially in some of these deeper leagues, it's just to max out your bat. So um, Donovan will do that for you. But yeah, let's talk about Trace Thompson. Had a three-homer game with eight RBIs on Saturday against the Diamondbacks. Uh, that was against a lefty. So after the big day, he was in the lineup against a righty on Sunday. I don't know how often that's going to happen, though. 
and also, we should note Mookie Betts made a start at second base on Sunday. We will take all the Mookie starts at second base we can get. Um, but Miguel Vargas was bumped uh, out of the lineup there, which we don't like. But Thompson's interesting. You know, 937 OPS in 247 plate appearances since returning to the Dodgers last June, tied for 11th highest among players with at least 200 plate appearances in that time, just below Shohei Otani, by the way. Uh, Shohei Otani's a spot above. And I know this is like probably mostly going to play against lefties. Um, there's some small sample stuff here. There's a lot of strikeouts here. But let's get into the fab stuff here because I want to talk personally. I, I think I went a little crazy on Thompson last night in Tout Wars. I uh, put 75 down on Thompson. I don't know if this will be worth it, but I do need some power in my lineup. So I was like, I'll take a shot on Thompson. We'll see what happens. Where I will probably use him the most is I'll go week to week. I'll see, like, hey, are the Dodgers going to play three lefties this week? Maybe I throw him in there as my utility or outfielder. We'll see. I don't think he's going to be a season winner for me. And in fact, he might end up back on the waiver wire soon. Um, but maybe I went a little too nuts on Thompson there. It's it's rare. And, and, and I don't mean to pick on you because I, I'm sure you had a roster situation that made Thompson a reasonable play. But it's rare that we have opposite opinions on guys. I just this Thompson game just reminds me. I know it wasn't opening day. But it just had that Tuffy Rhodes sent to me where it's like a guy, a journeyman hits three home runs. Well. He, he's already 32 years old. As you said, there's a lot of swing and miss in his game. And not only is he likely in a platoon, but he's on the short end of a platoon. Yeah, exactly. So you, you, get a, you get a play. You're hoping for that week they play three lefties. And even then he probably won't play every game. I, you need somebody who – my target is I want somebody who gets 500 at-bats. If he gets mm -hmm. fewer than 500 at-bats, then he better have specialist skills or category juice skills that maybe push him over the top. I get Dave Roberts did the right thing. Somebody hits a, has a three-homer game, you got to play him the next day and just see if you catch lightning in a bottle, if somebody goes on a binge or something like that. But I still like Altman an awful lot. I still like yep. Vargas an awful lot. It was a little disappointing that he lost to start so early. Although the Dodgers are one of those load management teams. That seems silly. You're playing the load management game in game two or game three of the season. I mean, who's tired yet? But the Dodgers do a lot of that. They'll do it with their pitching staff as well, so you get to keep eyes on that. But we're still trying to figure out who their closer is as well. And, and by the way, Mookie Betts already second base eligible to yes. begin the season in Yahoo. So, uh, you know, use Mookie wherever you want. But I'm afraid that it's going to be – oh, remember when Trace Thompson had that three-homer game? I, I, I just Probably. don't think it had any sustainability. But – I'd love to be wrong, and I don't blame you for trying it, right? Because, again, if it doesn't work out, fine. You'll just pick up somebody else. So the top uh, bid in my Tot Wars Mixed Draft League was for Pierce Johnson, 122. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen there with the Rockies. First off, just by virtue of being the Rockies' closer is a little dangerous, and we don't know when Daniel Bard will be back. Maybe it'll be short. Maybe he'll be back in a month. Who knows? Um, Mitch Garver went for 52, which I think is interesting. Uh, in a lot of leagues, he's only utility eligible, but he's going to be catcher eligible soon. Um, and certainly in a two-catcher format, you know, you want Mitch Garver on your squad. Uh, Andrew Chafin with the Diamondbacks went for 50, sort of in that mess of the Diamondbacks bullpen that I want no part of. Uh, Jiwon Bay went for 47, and we talked about him a bit. Joey Weimer, uh, let's get into him for a second, uh, with the Brewers, Luis Arias, uh, went down on the injured list with a hamstring strain. I think he's supposed to miss like four to six weeks, six to eight weeks. So Weimer has a real shot here with Brian Anderson moving to third base uh, to make his mark here. 
power, speed, uh, good lineup situation, ballpark. There's a lot of swing and miss in his game too. Uh, but for 43, Weimer went for, uh, I kind of like that one. I might like that more than Thompson now that I think about it. Yeah, Weimer was a blind spot to me when I was making my my pitches and my offers. And and I regret that. As you said, the category juice is going to play. He has an opportunity. And so I could see him running with that. And I, and I wish I – this is why you have to be – if you're in a league that has once a week fab offers, you really need to be as hyper-focused as you can be on Sunday. It can, it can be really hard to to do because we all have lives, family. You know, you, you know you're doing stuff on Sunday. But um, I, I try to pay as – much attention as I can, not just to watching the games, but really auditing every box score, auditing every save, auditing every lineup change, every injury. And, uh, and that's just a case where I, I missed out on Weems. I've also talked about this in the past, but I'll just mention it really quickly. If you're, if you're like us, you're, you're hardcore, you're a multiple league guy. And then you're listening to this podcast. You're probably a really serious fantasy player. Or even if you're not, if, if you can just get data from anybody else's league, that's the greatest way to cheat mm-hmm. quote unquote cheat. Uh, you know, take crib crib your fab bidding is see what's going on in other leagues and see what the flow of it. And that's a lot of times, you know, my first league that does bids on Sunday is 6 p.m. And I'll look, okay, uh, you know, my friend John Greco, really good player. Oh, he bid on somebody. I, I wasn't really aware of that guy. What's what's going on here? And yep. you get so many tips that way from you just seeing samples from other bidding. It'll give you an idea of how much to bid a player you weren't aware of, maybe it's an injury or a role change you weren't aware of. Obviously the closer situations are always hot. We're trying to keep tabs on that. So I have four different leagues, I think that bid on Sunday and I'm always looking at whatever just came in and trying to basically look at somebody else's paper. I miss stuff, you know, if, uh, you know, if you made a pickup in the friends and family league, you know, I got to pay attention to that. If Jeff Zimmerman made interesting bid in tout wars, I got to pay attention to that. I'm not too proud to look on somebody else's paper. I didn't cheat in school, but I will cheat in fantasy baseball. Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, and Zimmerman and Labor got Weimer and Pierce Johnson this weekend. Of course in he did. NL, He's such NL a good only, NL only league, and he was all over that. He, he paid a pretty penny, but in an NL only league, that's that's a big deal uh, to get two players like that in one weekend. So definitely well done there. Any interesting names from your fab over the weekend, Scott? Yeah, I got some Jimenez. Um, We'll see how that works out. I, I got a little bit of Bay. I, I'm not going to give him the longest leash, but what I love about Bay is the 90% stat cast speed score. Mm-hmm. So this guy's got – and also he had – his slash line in the minors last year was pretty good, and he's not punchless. I think he had yeah. eight home runs in about like maybe 110 games or something like that. So we're not talking about a guy who's you know going to j- just be a one-trick pony. I, I think – also the Pittsburgh lineup, you know, we talk about – you know, Detroit looks like a down team and Oakland looks like a down team and Washington looks like a down team. I don't think the Pirates, and I know we did talk about them as an under when we had Vaughn on the show and we did the over-unders a couple of weeks ago, but I don't think they're quite that bad. Like if you told me the Pirates like won 72 or 73 games, I think that's in the realm of possibility. Yep. Where I feel like the Tigers, you know, I talked about how they couldn't hit springs. I think there's going to be a lot of guys who look like uh, dominators against this Detroit lineup. It's, it's such oh, yeah. a bad team, man. It, it, it makes me really sad. Plus, they're a really bad defensive team and I don't like the pitching staff either, but um, I think the Pittsburgh lineup might be a little bit more interesting than maybe I thought it was a few weeks ago. Totally. O'Neill Cruz off to a good start already, too. Fun to see. Nice, Man, is nice. he fun. I have another FOMO guy. I have him nowhere. I have him in a dynasty league. It's score sheet, though, so you don't always get the – and O'Neill Cruz isn't really going to be an on-base guy. Structured a little differently, but still happy to have him at least somewhere. 
I mentioned Springs is a big FOMO guy for me. Can can you think of somebody come to mind that, man, I I see a big season coming and how am I not in on this? Oh, you know what? It might be Dylan Cease. His Mm. first start. Looked terrific, didn't he? Oh, my God. He looked like, you know, he could be the best pitcher in baseball. He could be. I have him literally nowhere. I don't have Strider. I, I don't have Strider anywhere either. Now, in the case okay. of Cease, I was nervous about the control. In sure. the case of Strider, the problem is just everybody loves Strider. Uh, just you know, so and also Strider's you you can have a draft slot where Strider just wouldn't make sense, where you'd yes. have to take him comically early, or okay, by the time you pick again, he's gone. So that's what happens with. That's why when you go and you, a lot of writers will do like the totals of the players they have. A lot of times mm-hmm. the star players you won't have because your draft slot didn't give you reasonable paths to get exactly. them. So you like Kyle Tucker. You have the first pick in your draft. You're not taking Kyle Tucker. And then you, know, you pick again, he's gone. So you don't right. get Kyle Tucker. It's just the way it goes sometimes. But Spencer Strider, man, he is a lawnmower. And uh, yes. I don't know if I can fix that again. The Friends and Family League, I only get the pick once. You guys are yeah. all, you know, a lot of smart people in that league. So um, you're going to get the players I want too. But um, maybe I can fix that Strider and Springs FOMO tonight. Yeah, that's, a, I mean, that's a good way to end it here. So uh, Yahoo Friends and Family draft tonight. I'm going to co-manage the team with Shelly Bear straight. I think we talked a couple of weeks ago. You were like, hey. I never should give you, you that should... idea. Now, now, you're, now your winning odds just went. You've done well in that league anyway, but now your winning odds just increased with uh, Shelly as a co-manager. Yeah, so she's going to draft the squad tonight. Um, and just to get your opinion, I, you know, it's only four days. And usually we're like, you know, it shouldn't change your preseason evaluation and opening weekend. I feel like this year might be a little different. I wonder if you agree after seeing the first four days, especially like the speed part of it. But like, will you draft differently? Is the recency bias going to matter? I'm a human being. I, I know it's like stupid to say like, what's wrong with Alex Bregman? Did he get any hits? He's hitless, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, also, you mentioned Moncada. You know, the one thing about Moncada that made me a little bit nervous, he still has the seven strikeouts and just the one walk. As you mentioned, when he's making contact, it's a rocket. But I'd feel a little bit better. And not everybody has – the walk strikeout rate is important. But some players, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Sr. swung at everything. It didn't matter, right? I mean, some guys just – I want them to be aggressive. I think – a big flaw with a lot of major league hitters is they take too many good pitches early in the count. Mm-hmm. It, it varies from player to player. So it, you know, maybe Moncada can still be a really good player, even if he strikes out 150, 160 times. We know it's still yep. a game dominated by strikeouts. I mean, I'm a human being, man. It's hard not to see results, especially with the pitchers, because when a pitcher pitches poorly and, and maybe has a velocity dip, your first thought is, okay, is his shoulder hurt? Does his elbow hurt? Does mm-hmm. his forearm hurt? And, and, a lot of times we'll laugh about that stuff, but man, and you know, some of these guys two, three weeks later, they'll be on the IL or they'll be seeing James Andrews. And it's unfortunately, you can never really feel comfortable about your pitching. Even if you draft the greatest pitching staff at some point, some of them are going to get hurt and you just have to live, to live with that. One more Met guy I want to mention. We're, of course, we're always Mets friendly on this show. And I'm glad this is a player I don't have FOMO of because I've drafted him a couple of times. I think uh, Senga looked terrific, man. He, I, yeah. I love how compact his delivery is. Everything's around the plate. Yet, so he's got the control, but he throws a lot of pitches that look like strikes that aren't strikes that get swinging strikes. Man, he's he looks like the genuine. I look, it's one start, but I I'm just glad that I'm, I'm on the Senga train because if I wasn't, he'd be another guy. I'd be like, man, how did I miss out on this? I think he's ready to be. And it, it, I know it sounds kind of cheap to compare him to other Japanese pitchers, but I mean, Iwakuma was so good in Seattle for a while. Kenta Maeda has had great seasons for us. I think Senga can be one of those guys. Yeah, I, the first inning was weird for Senga, I think, because it was a long top of the first. You saw him just 
strolling around the dugout, tons of nervous energy. He gets out on the mound, you know, loads the bases, gives up a run, you know, was on the ropes a little bit, battled back, and then just settled in and just looked comfortable. You know, he's just like, hey, I'm pitching a baseball. This is what I do. This is my job. And he looked really good. Uh, the ghost fork, uh, which, you know, gets all the hype, um, got eight strikeouts, uh, looked, looked the part to me. Um, we will see, you know, if he can continue this, but it wouldn't be surprising, especially, you know, first time through the league, first half of the season, if he can post a sub three ERA, I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Uh, but I was impressed as well. Um, and the Mets need it now because there's no uh, Justin Verlander for a little bit. It seems like the Terra's major muscle strain is not uh, something that's going to keep him out for a very long time. He is throwing right now. Um, but give it, getting a pick-me-up from Senga, um, that would certainly be huge. Uh, Scott, so Wednesday's show, like I said, is going to be waiver wire focused. Uh, so we'll get in a little more of these names. We'll each bring some names to the table. Uh, that should be fun. We'll talk uh, Yahoo friends and family uh, when we do that show too. So that should be fun. Miss leave with one more thing. Walk strikeout rate is one of the stats that stabilizes the quickest. So whether it's pitchers, whether it's hitters, and again, not not every batter who does it, who has a bad walk rate or a high strikeout rate isn't you know necessarily a bad offensive player, but just it's to me walk strikeout rate is the water of baseball statistics. I know we're in a golden age. I love Statcast. I love Baseball Savant. There's so much information to mine there or at Fangraphs or Baseball Reference. But just remember, walks and strikeouts will get you in so many cases where you need to go. Good stuff. Good stuff. Make sure to subscribe to Circling the Bases wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review if you like what you're hearing. Also, follow us on Twitter if you don't already. Scott is at Scott underscore Pianowski on Twitter. I'm at DJ Short. Take care, and we will see you next time. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.